you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube. All right, you ready to get into the Word this morning? Do you love the Word of God? Man, it's so good. Father, this morning we thank you for your Word, and we take it, Lord, as your Word. What we read in our Bibles and what the Holy Spirit breathes into us from what we read this morning and what we talk about. And Lord, the things I just invite you, as always, Lord, just take this any direction you want to take it. But Lord, we, we treasure your Word. It is life-giving, it is life-sustaining, and it is life-changing. And Lord, we treasure it, and we set our hearts toward you, and we set aside every other distraction that would try to enter our minds, Lord, so that we can hear what you are saying to your people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, you can uh, go ahead. I'm going to preface this again, as I always do, because that's the way teaching works, and we always have some new Uh, people with us anyway, or people tuning in for the first time. Uh, We're talking about choosing the way of the Lord, and that is a choice in our lives. Again, the love of God for us is, is perfect. It is clean. It is given to us, but our life choices are our decision and our responsibility. So we're talking about choosing the way of the Lord. And our foundation verse has been found over in Isaiah 55, I want to read that again. This is verses 8 and 9 from the Amplified Bible. And it says, for my thoughts. Oh, and by the way, so we're going to go through a lot of scriptures today. I've only got a couple of uh, slides set out. So I really encourage you. uh, This is a teaching church. And so I really encourage you to be ready to take some notes, highlight some scriptures in your Bibles, whatever it takes so that you can take home uh, what we talk about this morning. Okay. Uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. The Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, it's an interesting phrase there, as the heavens are higher than the earth. That word heavens in that context is not talking about heaven, where, where we perceive that God lives in heaven, in, the, in his kingdom, uh, it is the word for the firmament. It's the word for the universe. It is the word for the stars and the sky and all of that, okay? And so if we think about that as we gain understanding about the heavens, we start to understand, uh, first of all, what, from the day, from the moment, that God spoke the creation into being, it has continued to expand, and it is continuing to expand, and science is showing us that. So there isn't really a limit how much higher God's ways and God's thoughts are than our natural thoughts and ways. There's no real limit to that. It never hits a ceiling. It, it It is, I don't know how else to say that, it is a continually moving and expanding higher, okay? So there, so there's no, well, God's, you know, God's ways are a little higher than our ways. No, he's saying as the heavens, which seem to have no end, 
are higher than the earth, so are his ways and his thoughts than our ways. And he is offering throughout the scripture for us to have his thoughts and his ways. Our thoughts can become his thoughts as we have our minds renewed that Boyd just gave a wonderful talk about. And as we plug into him, our thoughts can become his thoughts. His thoughts can become our thoughts, okay? His ways can become our ways. So we define ways this way. When we talk about ways, and the Bible uses this term a lot, it's talking about an individual's habitual patterns of behavior. Okay, it's the, it's the way we do things. And much of that is subconscious. If we think about it in us, we think about our ways. It's the, it's the way we do things, the way we approach things, the way we get things done. It, it is, those are habitual methods of processing and responding to any aspect of life, anything that comes along. We have an approach to that. We have built into us, and as we, as we grow, as we come up in our families and different influences come into our life, it builds into us a way of responding in relationship, a way of thinking about every aspect of life, our finances, our home life, our business, our employment life, every kind of aspect of life. When we have a conflict, we have a way of approaching that. And your way is a little different than my way. And all of our ways are different than God's ways until our ways, until his ways become our ways. Did that make sense? Because uh, I couldn't say that again. Um, so it's those habitual methods. Our ways are driven by ingrained thought processes. We have trains of thought. We have ways that we have learned to think about things. And the Word of God and the Holy Spirit will change those. A lot of those are subconscious. And, and this is not a bad thing. We have habitual ways of doing things. God actually created us with a portion of our brain that constantly tells us to breathe and to blink and for our heart to beat. You don't have to think about, we don't have to process that. You're not sitting there going, okay, breathe in, breathe out, blink, blink, you know, heartbeat, heartbeat, you know. I was trying to think of which, which way it goes in our heart. But anyway, you know, we don't have to think about all of that, right? Those things happen. They are being driven from some place in our brain but it's not something we have to think about. We have, if you think about it, I don't know how many of you have thought about this. Karen and I laugh about it a lot. We have habitual ways of brushing our teeth. I start in the same place every single time. We have habitual ways of putting on our socks. You probably do a certain foot and then the other foot and then a shoe and then the other shoe. You know, we have habitual ways. Of doing, and those are not bad. That, that saves what little brain power we have, okay, for addressing bigger things. That's fine. But what God's talking about, you know, the important parts of this are how do I approach God? What is my way of approach to God? What is my way of approach to other people? How do I process my part, my role in the earth and in the body of Christ? How do I process something like when I come into conflict? What do I do? Do I, you know, many of us grew up with when you come into conflict or somebody rejects you, you just reject them back all the harder. Well, that's not one of God. That's not how God does it. Okay. And he wants 
those things in us to change. And he tells us going on in this passage that on down, we're not going to read it this morning, but this, this is where he talks about how powerful his word is. And that just like rain and snow comes down and it's going to water the earth and it's not going to return to him void the same way with his word. He, he gives us his word to get into this process that Boyd just described from Romans 12, 1 and 2 about the renewing of our mind. That, and so that we actually think differently. We actually begin to access the mind of Christ. The Lord has put the mind of Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit in every one of us. That's what the Bible says. But are we accessing the mind of Christ? And are we accessing the mind of Christ? Uh, We want to do that purposefully, but we want that to become one of those habitual ways. I want to begin to, when I'm in a conflict with somebody or somebody, something happens, I want to jump straight to mercy and kindness and grace toward them. I want to ask the Lord, how can I bless them before I ask the Lord to strike them with lightning? Okay, because he's not going to do that, by the way. But you know what I mean? It's like we need that to be our way. And when we're walking in the ways of the Lord, we're walking in the blessing of the Lord and we're walking in the purpose for our life. So it's more than just our thoughts. It, it's, more, it's, a, it's a pattern of behavior in our life. And I just wanted to put this in. The Lord was talking to me about this when I was meditating these scriptures again this week. One thing I think it's really important for every one of us to do is to realize that our perception of things is not necessarily right. No matter how much it looks that way to us, it may not be the heart of what's going on in that situation, especially when it comes to other people. And there are specific things in life that will really mess with our perception. Okay, And we've just got to be willing to realize when something happens, we need to take a breath. And we need to think about what's God's, not just purpose in, in this event that's happening, but for that person. And, and Lord... What, you know, the Bible says he doesn't look at the outward man, he looks at the heart, okay? We don't have that ability automatically. We can have that insight from the Holy Spirit. But we need to take a moment most of the time to not just react to people and to situations, but to step back, take a breath. I know in Western culture, this is anathema. It's, it's, well, I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, you better make time because if we're going to respond in God's ways to things, we've got to hear what he's saying to us. We've got to receive those impressions from the Holy Spirit because he can direct our hearts in a different way. So our perceptions are just not always correct, even about natural things certainly about spiritual things and about the hearts of other people. They're just not necessarily correct. And things like offense, for one, will absolutely deceive you. You know, the way we like to say it is, if we become offended, we hear things that were never said and we see things that were never done. It's absolutely true. We can become so deceived in our own offense that we are certain 
that somebody is saying or doing something toward us or about us or about this or that that was never even in their mind. It was never in this, their heart. Most of us, I've certainly experienced this. Most of you probably have. Where we've been so misunderstood because somebody gave their heart to offense. Offense will do that. Fear will do that. Fear loves to get hold of you on the inside. And so when something happens in the natural, you respond to it in some way that isn't helpful at all. And you can begin, when, when fear comes in as a seed and we start to give it place, all of a sudden we're extrapolating. All of a sudden, oh, well, then this is going to happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. And it just multiplies. Can you say amen? I mean, have you experienced this? And, and, and so it'll really mess with our perceptions of things. And so a good place, intoxicants, by the way, will mess with your perception of life. Another unpopular message in today's culture, okay? But it's just true. It's just true. You know, accept it or don't, it's the truth. So we can, we need to just start from a place of recognizing that I feel this way. When this happened, I feel this way. But I don't know that my feelings are lining up with truth. And often, probably most of the time, they're not. And I need to hear from God in that situation if I'm going to walk in his way. You know that, um, man, I'm wanting to get to the next slide. Um, Jesus said, the Father's word is truth, right? And that word truth in the New Testament means the reality that lies at the base of appearance, okay? We see the appearance, but there's a reality, a heavenly reality. It's God's perspective that lies at the base of appearance. That's truth, okay? So we want to walk in truth, not just our perceptions about things, okay? Get something out of that? All right, we're not done. Um, So we looked at these two verses last week. Uh, We're not going to look at them again today. I know they're on your screen, and they're on my screen too, so I guess I'm going to read them. Uh, But Proverbs 103, verse 7 said, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. We really talked about that the last couple of weeks. The point we drew from that was the reason that Moses had this different relationship. Israel was invited into the same relationship, and they said no. So he said, we're never going to adopt the ways of the Lord by keeping our distance from him, okay? And then last week, we spent a lot of time there in Proverbs 23, 19. It says, hear my son and be wise, direct your mind in the way of the Lord. So there we see, we know through the scripture, God makes his word, his truth, his ways available to us, plain to us through the word of God, through the person of Jesus, who is the exact image of the Father, and through the personal agency of the Holy Spirit. He makes it available to us, but we have a responsibility. We have a choice, which Boyd just told us too. We have a choice to direct our minds in the way of the Lord. Okay, There's a, there's a choice there in that. So if you would, go over to Proverbs chapter 3. I think I told you that earlier. Hopefully you found it. Um, this whole chapter deals a lot. It gives us insight into a number of the ways of the Lord and how to tap into or take hold of or adopt into our lives the ways of the Lord. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. We're really just going to 
uh, settle on verses um, 5 through 7 today. But let's begin at the beginning. And in verse 1, it says, My son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. That word keep means take hold of, guard, put in a safe place. For length of days, get this, for length of days and years of a life worth living, the Amplified said. I love that. You can live your whole life. God wants you to have a life worth living. And tranquility, inward and outward, and continuing through old age until death, these they shall add to you. These what? They who? They, God's words and God's teachings. Okay? Verse 3, let not mercy and kindness, shutting out all hatred and selfishness, and truth, shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy or falsehood, forsake you, bind them about your neck, write them upon the tablet of your heart. So shall you find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight or judgment of God and man. There's nothing that we just read that I don't want in my life. There's nothing in those first four verses that, that I don't want in my life. And so he's telling us how to have those things. Now let's look at verse 5. Let's get into this today. Uh, it felt like we were really supposed to start this in these verses. So in verses 5 through 7, and again, this is from the Amplified Bible, it says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on or lean on your own insight and understanding. It's what we just said. We have ways in us, our insight, our understanding. The Lord's saying, don't lean the weight of your life on the way you perceive things today. Okay? Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord. And it goes on to say, in all your ways. Okay? All your ways all the ways that you have today, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. And and it goes on. I'll read a few more verses here. It says, what's the result of that? It shall be health to your nerves, and your sinews, all right? So that's, a, that's an emotional health, and that is a physical health. Health to your nerves and your sinews, and marrow and moistening to your bones. These, these people lived in the desert. This was a picture of life, okay, and life working well. Um, yeah, let's just stop there. So, so again, these always end up with a promise, all right, these, these passages always end up with a promise of what it will produce in our life. So let's dig into this a little bit. So it says, trust in the Lord, tr- lean on and trust in the Lord. All right, this word trust, it would, it would um, correspond to, in the New Testament, we usually use the word faith. All right, this word trust from the Hebrew means an abiding confidence in the heart, okay, in the heart, that produces, get this, a sense of peace, safety, and security. So when trust in God is working in our lives, it produces in us a sense of peace and a sense of safety and a sense of security. All right? Now let me say this, because sometimes I get done 
teaching on something like this and people really hear it in a different way. I'm not saying that if we have an area of worry or an area of fear or a place where we don't have any peace, I'm not saying you have no faith in God. If you just had faith in God, you'd never experience that. No, no, we will experience those things. The point is we can, in an area of our life, feel insecure or lack peace or feel unsafe. We can, we can have that in an area of our life. What we need to know is God has something better than that for us, and he will help us to develop a greater and greater and greater trust in some of his promises that apply to that area. We don't have to live with an overall overriding sense of fear and insecurity and no peace, you know, chaos in our hearts, chaos in our minds. We don't have to live our whole life like that. God has better than that for us, and he's made it available to us. He's confirmed it in Jesus Christ, all right? It belongs to us, but there, is, there are some things that we have to do to be able to take hold of that. So there's no problem with recognizing sometimes, you know, we talk a lot about fear here. Well, we're all going to feel fear at times. The point is we don't have to live dominated, by fear and anxiety and worry and sleepless nights. That's not what God has for us. He has better than that. So we don't get condemned when we feel those things or if that's where we are today. No, we just start to reach out to take hold of, to see the change that the Lord wants to bring. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So trust or faith is received from God and needs to be focused toward God. All right, and we can develop this from the New Testament. We're not going to have time today. But faith that is received from God and directed toward God is the kind of trust that produces a sense of peace, safety, and security. All right, I'll tell you what I mean by that in just a second. And that is a sense of peace, safety, and security that comes from trusting God. Trust that was received from God and extended toward God. All right. That is, a, that is a type of trust that exists separate from our circumstances. It's, it exists in spite of our circumstances. All right, so we can have a sense of peace in our heart, a sense of security, a sense of, uh, a sense of well-being, a sense of peace, even when our circumstances stink, even when our circumstances are threatening even when everything on the outside looks bad, okay? We can still have, doesn't mean we'll never feel agitated. Of course you will. But down in our hearts, we can have this sense on the inside, this bottom, to me, and this might just be me, but it always feels like sorting through all the, the thoughts and the threats, and the, but at the bottom, there's a peace from God that doesn't move. And, and that should be there whether circumstances are good or circumstances are bad. Trust in the Lord creates that on the inside of, of our hearts. It is an unexplainable, immovable sense of peace that displaces fear and insecurity from our lives. And we can have it, okay? And again, I just want to say this one more time. It doesn't mean you're never going to experience, you're never going to feel insecurity, it's what are you going to do 
in that spot? Where are you going to turn? Where are you going to, what are you, are you going to direct your mind into the thoughts and ways of God? Or are you going to let that thing run wild in your imagination? That's what makes the difference in our life. So we said faith that is received from God, okay? Too many of us think that we've got to come up with faith. We've got to gut it out. You know, we've got to, okay, I know I should believe God. I know he exists. I know he cares about me. I'm going to have faith. It doesn't work like that, okay? We do have to choose it, but the New Testament tells us in Romans 10, 17, Wayne could quote it to us. It's ingrained in his brain, Romans 10, 17. I just, never mind. Um, That's a good thing, by the way. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Wayne has a similar background that I do, and we were beaten with this scripture as children to have it imprinted in our brains. For It was a good beating, though. It was a good beating. Never mind. I, I should get off of that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've talked to you about this many times. In the Greek, that word hearing is in the present continual tense. That means I'm hearing from God right now, And right now, and right now, and right now, and right now, it is in the present I'm hearing from God, but it's totally continued. It's never ending. I'm hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. And that word, word, is the word rhema, which means God speaking to me. God bringing the scripture alive to me. It's what God's saying to me right now. Now, I know none of us go through life and this little shell where where we're never not perceiving what God is saying to us. But the point is our lifestyle is one of hearing and hearing and hearing, tuning in, turning towards, seeking to hear from God. And the scripture tells us, God said this, that as we do that, faith comes. It is built in our heart. This trust is built in our heart. So what does that mean? It means that I need to be receiving faith from God. It's a gift from God. Why does that happen? I mean, why does it work that way? Because, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, one of God's ways is God is a God of faith. God believes what he says. He never doubts himself, for good reason. When he speaks, he doesn't think, I wonder if it's going to work. Light be. Ooh, it happened, you know. He doesn't do that. He speaks with confidence, and the Bible tells us his words are what? Seeds. And that our hearts are designed to receive his word. Every word he speaks, the scripture tells us, Luke one thirty-seven, for one place, that, that the words that he speaks contain within them the power to bring themselves to pass. When God speaks to us about mercy, it not only, not only do we receive, wow, God's mercy toward me, it empowers us by grace to extend mercy. We hear a word about God's love for us being unchanging. It changes us. It also enables us to love others. It's a seed. It produces something. Everything God says comes with faith. Everything. He never, he's never guessing. 
He's never, well, maybe, maybe I'll just say this. It'll just make him feel better. That's not who God is. When he speaks, there's absolute confidence. And if we'll receive it, that confidence will grow in us and become our confidence, our faith, our trust. And it'll produce a sense of peace and security and safety on the inside of us. That's why it works this way. So faith is received from God. And Jesus told us we need to live a lifestyle of extending faith toward God. Faith needs a target. And this is, anyway, this is another big subject and maybe we'll take it up. I'm trying to just touch on it today. Faith needs a target. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that hope sets the course of faith. It says faith is the substance of things we have hoped for. Hope is confident expectation of good. Hope is not, man, I wish God would do this. Man, I wish this was different in my life. Hope from the Bible is, I'm, I'm, where is it? I'm anticipating it. I see the promise of God. Hope says, it's here. Where is it? It's, it's looking for it. It hasn't taken hold of it yet. But, but it has no doubt that this is coming. It's confident anticipation of good coming from God. And the scripture tells us faith is the substance. It's, and it's, it says it's the title deed. It's what takes hold of what we're hoping for. Faith needs a direction. And Jesus told us in Mark chapter 11 that we need to be having faith in God. That having word is another one of those continual present tense. We need to be having at all times faith toward God. Okay, So faith comes from God. Faith is extended toward God. That's the kind of faith that can produce peace and security that we're not living in right now. Does this make sense to you? Okay, So this is all a process. This isn't one day, this isn't a switch to flip. This is, this is a process. You're, once again, your teaching at the offering was just right through the middle of this message. Um, that's the Holy Spirit, by the way. Boyd's not smart enough to do that. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we love that here. Um, the songs went right along. We didn't talk about it. I didn't have that word until that's the Holy Spirit. Don't you appreciate that? Don't you appreciate that he directs us? Anyway, anyway, faith needs to have a direction and a target. And so, so how do I know, okay, what I'm having faith in? Okay. There's, there are a couple things, you know, what brings a sense of security into my life when life doesn't play fair, okay? Because life doesn't always play fair. What keeps me in that place of security and peace? That's what, you, that's what you really have trust in. And there are many things that we are to have trust in. We are to have trust in other people. The, the, the picture of the body of Christ is that we do help carry one another's burdens. I'll see if I can describe this. But we can... Uh, that all only works when we're putting faith toward God, but receiving some of the flow of provision through a person or through people. Okay, so if those people fail, God didn't change, all right? So my security is not yanked because a person fails me, all right? That's when I know my faith is in the right place, God's using these people. I can lean on them a bit, 
but ultimately I'm leaning on God. That has to come from the heart. That has to be something we are aware of because if we start in relationship, whether it's body of Christ, whether it's husband, wife, parent, child, whatever it is, we start in relationship putting the weight of our life on another person, that's, that's, that'll kill the relationship. They were never created to carry the weight, all of the weight of our life. But when we keep our faith toward God and then allow God to move through people, we can receive that and we're not, we're not leaning so hard on them that we crush them. Does this make, this make sense? You get what I'm saying? You see this in relationships. You see this in church leader relationships where when a, when a church leader falls, which is always tragic, but many times a whole bunch of people will fall along with them. Well, they had too much. That's a human being. That's an imperfect human being. There's a gift in them, hopefully. Uh, the anointing's flowing through them. I'm drawing from that. But if they fall, I'm just going to pray for them, want to lift them up. I'm not, I'm not falling because my trust was never just in them. Okay, I can draw on the gift in somebody without putting the weight of my life on them. Um, it says lean on and trust in. A part of trust, and this comes out in the New Testament too, a part of trust is that we lean on God. And when you lean on something, I mean, the definition of leaning on something is you're putting the weight of your life against something and its strength is helping hold you up. If it breaks, you fall down. We have, most of us, leaned on something that wasn't ready to hold us up and we fell down. And then we hope nobody saw it, okay? So when we lean on God, he's perfectly capable and has the strength to uphold us and uphold our lives. When we lean on other things... In life, we might lean on how much money we have in the bank. We might, a lot of people, lean on what political party is in power. Uh, and, and how can I tell that? Because, because when what I have been really leaning on gets taken away, I, I feel like I'm going to fall down, right? And, and that's how I know uh, I ended up with too much trust over there. I ended up with too much over there. I wasn't trusting God enough in that area of my life. It's always hard when something we have hoped in and trusted in fails. That's always hard. But it doesn't have to devastate our lives. We don't have to actually fall down at that point. Is this, is this, are you getting this? Okay. So let me just read you a couple of a couple of verses because we want to lean on the Lord in our trust in him. A part of it, we want to put the weight of our life on the Lord. So let me just read you a couple verses and we'll wrap it up this morning. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Ephesians 6 10. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Well, how does that happen? It happens when I'm spending quality time with the Lord. And I am, you know, I'm I'm presenting my my life and my cares to him, but I am I am there drawing strength out of his word. I'm there drawing 
faith from him. I'm there drawing strength from him. We're made for that. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. It says that David there, one of the worst days of his life, encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He took the time in the middle of a disaster to not run out and try and fix the disaster in his own strength. First, before he decided what they should do, he strengthened himself in the Lord. Okay? Um, let me give you a, a couple more. In, so, one more aspect to this. I've got four minutes. In Western culture, we have been taught to try and put the weight of our life, oftentimes, on our mind and our emotions, our emotions in particular. We're going to gut it out. We're going to be strong. We're going to be strong in ourselves. Our, our soul, you have a spirit, you have a soul, you have a body, okay? Our soul, the mind, the emotions, and the will, were never designed to carry the weight of our life or to be in charge. The spirit in connection with God's spirit, that's how we were designed. That's the, the spirit our human spirit in connection with the Holy Spirit is designed to carry the weight of our life, not our soul. So when, so when we try to just have the right emotions or we allow our emotions to direct our course and our path, all right, we're, we're making a mistake. And the, the scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, cast all of your care upon him for he cares for you. It doesn't say cast it on somebody else. And yes, we do remember, we do share one another's burdens we carry. Be sure if you're going to share your burden with somebody, that there's somebody who isn't just going to, you might need a perspective change. And if that person is not a person, number one, who can handle what you're going to give to them to carry and help you with, number two, you know, maybe they're just going to come into your offense. Number three, they're not uh, bold enough to say, you know what? I think you're wrong in this. I love you, but I think you're thinking about this wrong. And I think we need to go this way. Here's what the word says. That's a friend, okay? The wounds of a friend are precious in the sight of the Lord or something like that. I might have butchered that scripture. But we are supposed to cast our cares on him. Again, that happens in fellowship with him. We cast him over on him. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Okay? So we are going to lean on what we trust most. That's where we're going to lean. And sometimes we just need to be honest with ourselves and realize, you know what? I've put too much weight on, on a person, on a political party, on money in the bank, you know, on any number of things. I, I've put too much weight. I need to get that weight back on the Lord. And then the Lord can make those natural things right. Okay. But we've got to realize if when something changes, you know, I lose all my peace, all my security, all my sense of well-being, then I had my trust in the wrong place. And all we have to do is go back to the Lord and go back to the promises and begin to hear from him again, begin to hear, and, and he will rebuild that trust. He never gets tired of doing that. 
It's, he is so amazingly faithful. He is, I can't tell you the times. I mean, I've learned to go back and say, Lord, I need you to speak that word to me again. I need to hear it again. I'll go to him sometimes and say, you know what, Lord? <laughs> we just need something encouraging today. We just, we just need something, you know. It doesn't have to be big. Just need something encouraging. And he'll do it. It's just amazing. He'll bring something and you'll recognize it. And it'll be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And he will breathe his word back into your heart and build you up again. All right? So trust in the Lord with all your heart and mind. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. All right, let's stand up this morning and pray together. Did you get anything out of that? All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we just have to thank you this morning for your goodness again, just for your, wow, Lord, you're so good. You're so faithful. And Lord, you help us to adjust our perceptions and adjust our thought life. And and Lord, I, I just have to believe everybody who's here, everybody who's tuning into this out there, Lord, they're there. They could be doing about a thousand other things, but they're there because they love you. There, we're here, Lord, because we, we value you above all things in our lives. And Lord, not only do we want to be strengthened, but we want to go out and strengthen others. And so we thank you for that. We receive this word from you this morning. We receive, receive everything you have spoken, everything you have done, Lord, during this entire time together. And we go out of this place equipped for the week. We trust it, Lord. You, you said when we come together, you will equip us. And we believe we go out. And whatever we're going to face this week, Lord, not just today, but you've been equipping us. You've already given us the word that we need. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We declare your faithfulness in our lives. And Lord, we, we choose, we want your thoughts and your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. You ready to go out there and be the church? All right. Let's say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world will be dismissed. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org.